brought to you by WakeMed Women's, caring for women at every life stage. Find a doctor, schedule appointments, and more. Download the WakeMed All Access app today. Before we begin, we want to make it clear that the information presented in this podcast is intended to be educational and nothing said by the host, that's me, or the guest, these super nice doctors from Wake Med, should be taken as medical advice. The information presented here is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Your health is important and seeking the advice of your own healthcare provider is always the best course of action. Do men have to worry about bone density loss? Not quite as much as women, because the but they. <laughs> I think everybody needs to worry about it. Sure. How much popping am I supposed to do? Because when I wake up in the morning and I like roll my feet around, they mm-hmm. sound like popcorn. Is uh, that bad? Mine do too. Okay. And it's it's okay. So yeah, when I. Wake- There has only been one time in my life that I felt like I physically shared something in common with Natalie Portman. It was the scene in Black Swan where she wakes up in the morning, sits up, starts to wiggle her feet. The amount of popping that occurred in that moment in the film sounded so familiar. That's what my feet sound like when I wake up, and I have never felt closer to fame. My joints have always been of the popping ilk. I can't remember a time when I didn't hear a pop in my feet or in my hands. And who hasn't relished and satisfying pop of a knuckle now and then? Does all this popping spell doom for us in the form of arthritis? Is it perfectly normal to pop like popcorn in the morning? Y'all, my name is Sarah, and I have some questions about our joints and our bones, for that matter. All right, today I have Michael Ruffalo. He is an MD of orthopedics at Wake Orthopedics, which is part of Wake Med here in Raleigh. I know you probably get Mark Ruffalo a lot. Almost every day. I can see why. I mean... It's so close. Your parents had no idea what they were putting you into. (laughs) So we're talking about bone density today and why our bones pop. And like, you know, it's something you don't really think about until it starts happening to you, I would imagine. What is what exactly is bone density? Um, Well, bone density kind of refers to the amount of collagen and minerals that are in your bone. And. Um, a lot of people believe that it's a uh, measure of the strength of the bone. And as, as we age, you know, from, you know, puberty on, you're gaining bone density and then you kind of maintain it throughout adulthood. And then in your older adult years, you start to lose bone density. And, uh, there's a lot of interest in trying to maintain bone density as we get older, because now people are living into their eighties, nineties, hundreds, and we didn't used to do that a hundred years ago. And so now we're trying to maintain our skeleton to maintain our activity level so we don't have fractures. We don't get, um, you know, the, the kyphosis, the arch, the curved back you see uh, in people. And so there's a lot of interest in trying to maintain bone density um, okay. right now. And is the only way we lose it because of menopause? That is, that is a huge risk factor in women. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, the number one thing that will help us maintain bone density is going to be exercise, um, okay. believe it or not. So weight-bearing exercise, lifting weights, because bone responds to stress. So bone is not like a rock. I mean, it, yeah. a lot of people think, oh, I've got a bone. It just stays there. It's constantly growing and remodeling. So you have cells that break it down and cells that um, build it back up. And so when a bone sees stress, 
it says, hey, I'm seeing a lot more stress and it makes it stronger. Oh, kind of so, like a plant in it, the wind. Exa- it's exactly <laughs> like a plant in the wind. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the number one thing that people can do is remain active throughout okay. their adult years and, and later adult years as well. Do men have to worry about bone density loss? Not quite as much as women, because the, but they, <laughs> I think everybody needs to worry about it. Sure. Uh, because again, we're living so long these days. We have medicines that can prevent heart disease or delay that mm-hmm. and better treatments for cancer. And so we are living much longer. And so, you know, even men in their 80s or 90s will have bone density problems as well. Okay. Um, I want to go through some facts or myths. Okay. Tell me what you think. Will popping a knuckle or a joint give us arthritis? The answer for that is no. Um, Excellent. Yes. And it's actually funny. (laughs) There was a doctor who wanted to study this and he popped the bones in his left hand every single day, like three times a day for like 40 years. And then at the end of that, he had no difference in arthritis, stiffness or anything in those joints. And so popping- Is that the only study that's been done? um, It's probably (laughs) the one that's most interesting to talk about. Yeah. But I I don't believe that popping any joints is going to cause any harm or progress arthritis. Yeah, I really miss the days in medical training that involved the doctors. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like had to put your own body on the line. mm -hmm. Um, Okay, feeling the rain in our joints. That is, that's a real thing. Um, and I, I can't explain it. I wonder if it's just the change in humidity or the barometric pressure that just changes things just a little bit. So people that have some low level inflammation or osteoarthritis, they can, they can tell when the weather is changing. And I remember early on in my career, I was like, oh, that's, that's nonsense. Sure. But it's been so consistent over the years that, um, I, I think that's true. Okay. But we don't know why. Uh, I'm sure somebody does, but I really think that it's uh, probably changes in the barometric pressure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you mentioned arthritis. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the two types. I've read that there are two types. What are the types of arthritis? Uh, there's, a, there's a many different types. So oh, okay. the most common is osteoarthritis, which traditionally is considered more the wear and tear arthritis, but it's actually more complicated than that. There's an inflammatory component to that as well, which we can talk about later. There's post-traumatic arthritis, people that have had injuries, ACL tears, um, tibial plateau fractures that develop arthritis from that. Okay. There's inflammatory arthritis like um, rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis, which is a systemic inflammation that's also causing um, uh, pain in the joints. So with the the last one you mentioned, you said psoriatic mm-hmm. and rheumatoid. Why do why does it turn your hands into like you know paws? Like why does why does the inflammation like how does it stay? I've seen people who have it and they have like knobs on mm-hmm. there. Why is that? What happens? It's, it's part of the inflammatory process. When when a joint gets inflamed, um, the synovium, the lining of the joint, uh-huh. they say it gets hypertrophic, but basically it gets bigger in size uh-huh. and that causes joint swelling. And as, as you get um, destruction of the cartilage, the bone remodels to some degree to help compensate for um, some of the laxity that's caused by that. So you will get bone spurs that form around joints. Um, and then in rheumatoid arthritis, they also have it's a, as soft tissues as well. So a lot of times you'll see very deformed hands with rheumatoid arthritis because, you know, all the tendons that are kept in place by the soft tissue pulleys and things like that get weak and mm. they can um, cause those tendons to slip out of place. And so that's why you see such deformity in rheumatoid arthritis. I see. Okay. Um, is milk going to help us with this? That is a long conversation um, <laughs> about calcium and vitamin D 
supplementation what you need to take yeah like and the so, vitamin d thing is huge like standing yeah. outside in the sun that kind of thing yes and so vitamin d um is definitely helpful so most americans i think are deficient in vitamin d to some degree okay. and so the way you get vitamin d you can get through your diet or through sunlight and exposure to your skin but we all work inside there's colder climates and so even if you're doing everything right you may be vitamin d deficient vitamin d is really important for hormone metabolism, bone health, things like that. And okay. so I think vitamin D is probably, if you had to pick one supplement to take, probably vitamin D. Oh, I heard that you can't really absorb it. Um, no, you can't absorb calcium very well without vitamin D. You can't absorb calcium without vitamin D. Correct. Okay. And so the, the best thing is to supplement vitamin D um, to make up for um, any uh, deficiencies. Okay. And I think the best way to do that is you go to your primary doctor, get a vitamin D level, just see where you are. Sure. So, and if you're deficient, then you can start supplementing with uh, vitamin D. Can you damage yourself if you're not deficient? Um, if you go overboard, you can. And oh. so if you if you get very high in vitamin D, which is a little tough to do, but not impossible. Yeah. Um, Somebody get, out there can yes, do it. Yes, uh, it can be done. <laughs> um, you can get, you know, kidney stones and, oh, um, and things like that. Okay. And so it's one of those things where you want to keep an eye on it and, um, and just be aware of where you stand. So... You know, when you do your annual physical, get a vitamin D level okay. with that as well. And then about the milk for calcium, yeah. what, what do you have so, to say about that? So as far as calcium goes, um, calcium supplementation does not seem to work very well. And um, in general, it's better to get your calcium from food. And so dairy products are great. So milk and cheese and yogurt are good. Okay. Uh, but you can get them from certain vegetables like broccoli, kale, things like that. And so it's better to get your calcium through your diet because one, you can only absorb about 300 milligrams per meal. So you have to do it kind of throughout the day. Oh. And if you take too much calcium, there is some concern that it can, again, cause kidney stones. But there's also been some studies where they did calcium supplementation in people and it increased their risk of heart attack and stroke. Oh, gosh. And so, but that was with calcium without vitamin D. So I don't know if that necessarily correlates if you're doing both. But in general... Try to get your calcium through your diet and also take vitamin D. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to to uh, isolate one risk factor for things like a heart attack. Exactly. Like, there's so many things that go into it. We'll be right back because you know I have more questions. Ladies, when it's your health, it's your decision. And the decision is clearly Wake Med Women's. From pregnancy and childbirth to gynecology, surgery, weight loss, your emotional well-being, and your heart, the care is as compassionate as it is comprehensive. So, wherever your health takes you, a lifetime of highly specialized care and a very good decision await you at wakemed.org. I know that young people I've heard are starting to get diagnosed with arthritis a lot more common or, or excuse me, a lot more commonly, I yep. suppose. Uh, why is that? If I had to guess, it would be a sedentary lifestyle is, um, you know, the number one thing that is going to prevent uh, the onset of arthritis is remaining active. Okay. And um, like the fifth doctor to come in here and say that. Yeah, to us. it must be true then. <laughs> but it's, it's something that you wouldn't realize. I mean, you, you, it's it, it kind of goes back to the saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. And so 
maintaining um, an active lifestyle is actually protective against your for your joints. And so even running um, is is actually okay. And mm. so that's a big myth. That's one myth where um, you know people believe that long distance running will cause arthritis, and that has not really been shown to be true unless you get to the ultra elite levels and that might have other confounders such as people that have injuries and (laughs) acl tears things like that yeah but you know a normal exercise regimen is protective for that and as younger people you know playing video games and we have more indoor hobbies you're not out you know riding bikes and you know jumping through the creek anymore and so i think that may be a reason why we're seeing that also obesity is another big thing um that really predispose you to getting arthritis at an earlier age. And that, is that because of sedentary lifestyle as well, it, probably? Yes, yes okay. it is. And the diet that we eat too. Um, you know, diets that are very calorie dense, uh-huh. it's really easy to eat more than your maintenance calories and mm-hmm. become obese. And then obesity contributes to arthritis in a few ways. One, um, you know, the simplest way to think about it is that you're carrying more weight. And right. so, you know, when you when you do activities, your knees can see three to four times your body weight across your knees. So if you gain 20 pounds, it's seeing 60 or 80 pounds more than it would normally see. Okay. That's the easiest way to think about it. But also fat in general is very pro-inflammatory. So fat cells are not just sitting there doing nothing. They're making um, chemicals called adipokines that really uh, promote inflammation. And that inflammation is a chronic low-level inflammation. Um, it it causes, um, it, it disrupts cartilage metabolism, basically the cells, and it can promote the release of metalloproteinases, which basically soften the cartilage and make it softer, make it more predisposed to the, the damage from wow. the weight-bearing activity. So, okay. you know, that's why when we, we advise people to lose weight to manage arthritis, it helps them on twofold. One, it reduces the mechanical load, but it also reduces the inflammatory yeah. um, processes as well it's just it, it's so hard to diet like well that's a whole other oh yeah thing, you can make you know, a whole because, podcast on yeah, that like 95 percent of diets fail which is just a whole mm-hmm. other thing um let's talk about knee replacements should because okay. like should you a lot of people one can't get a knee replacement unless they lose weight mm-hmm. and two um can you have more than one i've heard from some people you can and some people you can't yeah so with knee replacements it's it's a last ditch option. So it's kind of the end of the road for knee arthritis. And so that's when you've tried all the other forms of treatment, you know, diet, exercise, anti-inflammatory medications, different types of injections. But when somebody has bone on bone arthritis, pain every day, they can't do what they want to do and they're limiting their, their activities because of it, that's when they're ready for a knee replacement. Okay. And um, I tell people knee replacements um, should last 20 or 30 years. The implants now are much better than they they were previously. And you can't have more than one. It can get redone. It can okay. get redone multiple times. But each time you redo it, there's higher risks. And, um, and so you really want to do it once or twice. But... That being said, I mean, I've done knee replacements on people in their 30s. I don't like to. No, I try to push them off. I don't like to do that. Um, But when you have somebody that has horrible arthritis, they can't they can't play with their kids. They can't. Yeah. I tell them that you've got to enjoy your life now. Your life's not going to get better as you get older. No, it's not for sissies, according to my grandfather. And so so that's why if they know like, okay, we're going to do this now. Yeah. But in 20 or 30 years, it may have to get redone and it can get redone for a couple of reasons. The plastic in between the metal can wear out and that's an easy fix or Mm. the, the implant can debond from the bone. And that's not too difficult to fix either. 
but it's still another surgery. And sure. So it's a lot uh, on the body. Yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> this is kind of what we shaped this whole podcast around this topic in particular. How much popping am I supposed to do? Because when I wake up in the morning and I like roll my feet around, they mm-hmm. sound like popcorn. Is that uh, bad? Mine do too. Okay. And it's, it's okay. So yeah, <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, I walk across the carpet, my feet just... Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yep. And as long as it doesn't hurt, it's nothing to worry about. And so okay. there's a few things that cause sound in your joint. And okay. usually it's nothing bad. So the first thing is the popping and cracking. And so that's just related to the dissolved gas in the synovial fluid, the fluid around your joints. And when you pull a joint or flex it beyond a certain point, it causes a vacuum, a negative pressure, and it can pull that gas out. It makes a little bubble and it pops. And so that's what you... It's so satisfying. (laughs) So that's what that is. But there's other things that can cause sound around joints. So the the most common thing is people come in and they'll they'll show me that their knee is grinding. And so that grinding sensation is actually not typically the bone grinding on the bone. It's the synovial lining, the synovium, it kind of just rolls over itself as it goes through the motion. And so people can feel, um, we call it crepitation, but a little bit of, it sounds kind of like grinding when they go through motion, but it doesn't hurt. Okay. Then there are certain joints, like especially the hip, you can have tendons that slide over bony prominences and that can cause snapping. And that's usually nothing to worry about unless it becomes painful. Okay. And then finally, if you have bad arthritis, you can have grinding, but that is much less common than the other three that I see. Okay, so good. So popping's not terribly it's bad. It's not terribly that, bad. That is good to know. Um, what kind of damage, well, you kind of already touched on this, but what kind of damage does sitting do to our joints? So that's really a great question because that is, it causes more damage than you think. So people wake up, have a sit down job, come home, sit down and then go to sleep yeah, sit, sit, not sit, sit, sit. And so that lack of activity is actually harmful long term. The body needs that stress. Do you want to stand up right now no, as we answer these questions? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but the but that's something that I mean, it's something that you think, oh, I'm not going to cause any harm by, you know, sitting down all day and protecting my joints. It doesn't work that way. So okay. it kind of goes back to the, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so by maintaining that activity, you one, you stimulate. Um, you know, bone density mm-hmm. and muscle and and also muscle growth, but also moving your joints also causes it to your joint to create a lubrication, basically that helps um, helps with stiffness and pain and things like that. Okay. So, um, so you're saying we should all have standing desks? Um, at least the option to get up and move around a few yeah. times during the day or during lunch, go for a 20 minute walk, something like that to get some sort of activity is important. Well, and also it's so good for your mental health mm-hmm. as well. It clears the cobwebs. That's absolutely. I think that doing a 20 or 30 minute walk a day is one of the most helpful things that you can do, um, not just for um, you know your, your physical health, but your mental health too. And there's yeah. been good studies that show that it reduces um, the onset of dementia and it improves depression, anxiety, things oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, absolutely. We've all felt it. All right, I have one last topic and I don't know, you may get up and walk out because a lot of people in the medical field have have opinions mm-hmm. and that is chiropractors. Okay. Tell, what are your thoughts on chiropractors? So they are um, a, a valuable piece of the healthcare model. And, oh, good. Um, Surprising but, to hear that. Uh, they they come in um, two different styles. There's more of the traditionalists, and I, I can't remember the name that they gave themselves, but they were the ones that felt that all disease processes were caused by subluxations in the spine that compressed the nerves. And so that 
some of them believe that diabetes is caused by nerve compressions in the spine. Oh. And that's clearly ridiculous. I mean, that's yeah. just not, that's not, um, there's no physiologic yeah. reason for that. But then there's other ones that just are kind of like musculoskeletal non-operative doctors. And so they can help by, you know, encouraging exercise and, um, and, you know, stretching trigger point. Sure. And the, I did a, literature review on this probably about 10 years ago now um and they the 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 back manipulations have been shown to be as effective as taking anti-inflammatory medicine and exercise and things like that so it is still an option it's probably might be better than taking you know medications all the time yeah um and um and it seems like it's helpful for kind of acute low back pain so people that have like a flare-up you do a couple sessions seems like it's helpful for that where people get into issues where you have chronic problems where they say okay you need to come see me three times a week for the next eight weeks yeah and it'll get better and it probably would have gotten better all with any treatment oh, so you think? Okay. i think that you know i let people kind of decide if they feel that chiropractic uh, manipulations have been helpful for them go for it mm. um, i do caution a little bit about the neck manipulations there's some concern over possible um, um you know, causing strokes like rare brain stem stroke it's oh. super rare yeah, but it's but... something that has that pops up in the literature enough and you wouldn't think about that mm -hmm. and so that's one thing that i i do caution about the kind of the, the fast manipulations where they kind of take your head crack, and crack yeah. it yeah but they've shown that cervical mobilization where you kind of like gentle range of motion things like that are yeah. just as effective without that same risk gotcha okay well i'm surprised and i also wouldn't go to a chiropractor to cure allergies or diabetes yeah um, and so <laughs> well, I, mean, I might get some backlash from that but that is not something i would do no bad no i no. mean i i could see why i've been to chiropractors where they've had me hold a jar of pills and if i can push against their arm mm -hmm. then that means that i can take the pills but if it makes me weak then I'm, i was like what is that this is strange nonsense yes. yeah yep. but i've also been to chiropractors that have worked miracles so mm -hmm. i think it all depends on the practitioner exactly. i think you're right yep. well i think that's all my questions about bone okay. density all right you did great oh thank you <laughs> thanks for coming today yeah by the way, on the way out of the studio, Dr. Ruffalo mentioned something we forgot to talk about, which was alcohol. Alcohol leaches vitamin and minerals from your bones. That's what he said. He said alcoholics have the worst bones of anybody he sees, which is important. So if you drink alcohol, keep that in mind. And again, yet another doctor telling us we got to stay active. As much as you don't like to exercise, you better get over it. <laughs> Sarah Has Questions is a production of Capital Broadcasting Company. My guest today was Dr. Michael Ruffalo, an orthopedic surgeon with Wake Orthopedics. To find out more about him or any of the other providers from the Wake Orthopedic team, go to wakeortho.com. If you have thoughts about any episode or questions you want me to ask in a future episode or ideas for an episode at all, send me a message in the link. You'll find it in the show notes. Thanks for listening.